Welcome to the Super Fantasy Football Podcast, where the athletes become your heroes. All right, continue there. I am here. All right, welcome in, Super Fantasy Podcast. It's a Wednesday, August 11th, and today's draft order day. We will uh, find out where everyone's drafting. We already know where Juicy Mango's drafting. He's drafting in the sixth spot. Um, where do you want to draft, Clinton? It's your final opportunity to say you where know, you want to draft. I'm thinking either top three or 10 through 12. Top three or 10 through 12. I'll take the number one spot if I can get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed, actually, I enjoyed picking from the two spot um, last mock draft. So I would also take the number two spot. Okay. Number two wouldn't be bad. Either. I like top two, even three, I'm okay with because you either get one of the three running backs. But after that, I don't want, I don't really, I just don't want the middle. Yeah. Um, on the docket today, we've just got some fantasy football alerts, just things that have happened in the past few days that are relatively important. Nothing is super important right now in the moment just because the draft is so far away, but just some stuff you should pay attention to. Other than that, we are going to talk a little bit of Heroes versus Villains, which is a new segment we're doing this year, going all in on the comic book style superhero theme. Um, we'll talk about some players, where their ADP is, and whether or not they will be a benefit to your team or a nuisance throughout the season based on their draft value. Other than that, we have we will just talk a little bit about draft strategies, um, kind of get what we're feeling going into this Marvel race, and then just yeah do the Marvel race and see where see where we end up. Talk about where we end up. Talk about how we're feeling about our draft selection, and go from there. Sounds good. All right. So a couple things happened past few days. Justin Jefferson sprained his AC joint. He says he's feeling good, though. And he was saying if it was the regular season, he'd be ready to go. Don't think there's any concerns there. Mm -hmm. uh, more positive news. It sounds like for the Colts, Carson Wentz and their Pro Bowl guard, Quentin Nelson, are on track to play week one. Does that change how you feel about Jonathan Taylor? I know me and you were kind of lower on him than the rest not, of the field. Not yet. Not yet. That's still like three, what, maybe three, four weeks away. Huh? Yeah. I Until they're actually like set to play week one, I'm not really sold. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's ADP is at 7.7 .7 right now. It's as high as 5 in some leagues. That is way too high for me. I will not yeah. touch that currently. I mean, even if the the both of those guys are supposed to play week one, I don't think I would touch him at that ADP. Mainly because, and I was thinking about this, I don't really see that much of a separation. I'll say Jonathan Taylor is in a better situation as the better running back. But I don't see that high of a separation between Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like in terms yeah. of where they are going in drafts. Because so Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going mid middle of the third round, whereas Jonathan Taylor is going middle of the first round. And I personally don't see 
that big of a difference between those two players. No, I would agree with that. And because, in, I mean, I think people are expecting Jonathan Taylor to get like, he's going to get like most of the carries. And, but the thing is, Naeem Hines is the passing down back. Yeah. He gets all that. And then also Marlon Mack is still there. Yeah. I, I, I just, people are, I think people are overlooking. They want yeah. Jonathan Taylor to be great. And I do too. But yeah. I don't see him being I think it, yeah, that I think right like, now. I think it's like, it's like what we said. He's, he's going to be really good for fantasy, but he's just a little overvalued right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's part of that running backs are just always at a premium and yeah. you overpay for a lot of them a lot of the time. Yeah, if you don't get a top pick. Um, going to the Cowboys, we got Amari Cooper's off the physically unable to perform list where Dak is being cleared for light throwing, they call it. No. Things are trending in the right direction for that offense. Where do you feel on the whole Amari Cooper, um, C.D. Lamb conversation? C.D. Lamb is drafted well before Amari mm-hmm. in a lot of I think drafts. I think that's a mistake, honestly, like that it's such a big difference, really. I mean, it's not that big. Um, I guess it, it's like five it, position spots. But was it really okay? I, for yeah. some reason, I'm thinking it was like ten or fifteen. Um, I think um, I mean, Amari Cooper is sneaking up in a lot of. Yeah, I think the fact that he drafts now. Now that he's off the pup list, that that'll help his stock, I think, because now there's more clarity on the injury. Um, you, honestly, either one is going to be fine at where you get him at this point. I yeah, think. I mean, they aren't going until the um, late third round for CeeDee Lamb, early fourth round for Mari Cooper. So Yeah, I think they'll both have 1,000-yard seasons. Awesome. So, I Heard it here first. Happy. Draft those Cowboys receivers. I'd be happy with either one of them. Uh, moving on, we got Jalen Hurts is, quote, heavily targeting his tight end, Ertz. Hurts to Ertz. You buy it? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. This could be like the Philadelphia trying to raise Ertz's stock somehow so they can trade him. Maybe. Also, I wouldn't be surprised either because Jalen Hurts is still essentially a rookie. Yeah. And tight ends are always good for especially for someone like Hertz who is not super accurate Hertz is when he's healthy if he's like healthy and back to close to what he was he he'll he'll be great for him but so I, don't what, know, I don't really I don't really buy it right now so what you're saying is you want someone to draft Jalen Hertz and Hertz and make yes. their team Hertz to Hertz yes right. yes I do perfect someone please do that um next up Swift is missing significant time with a groin injury. Um, I think me and you both said we weren't super high on Swift, mainly because he was being taken before Chris Carson. Yeah. Uh, which now he is not. Since then, Chris Carson has moved up above. They're both actually being drafted at the same average ADP of 33 and a half point PPR. Um, so if you were on the clock at pick 33 and you had those two guys staring you in the face, He'd have a tough decision to make, and right now it's kind of trending Chris Carson's way. Both of them are apparently dealing with injuries. Chris Carson's kind of always in that realm. But, um, moving on, another running back news. According to Joe Judge, Saquon 
could theoretically, in his own words, quote, theoretically play in the preseason, which I guess technically I theoretically could play in the preseason as well, and you could also. Um, but I'm not really sure what to make of that sentence. I think it was just funny wording. Like, theoretically he could play. Uh, we could also theoretically not see him play. Yeah. Uh, which we won't see him play, but um, that's, I guess, good news. Like, theoretically, he's healing great, so, yep. Yeah. I don't think that changes my opinion on Saquon. Yeah, I was, it doesn't change it? Not for me. I mean, I was higher on him than you were, so. Yeah, I just, um, I guess my thing with Saquon is that you just don't really know when he's actually going to be back, like, healthy. Yeah. Um. Kind of some wide receiver news. Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens went down with a soft tissue groin injury, which those aren't ever fun. I've never had one, but it doesn't sound fun. Um, he will be out a few weeks, apparently. Um, might miss week one. I wouldn't want to have him in my lineup week one or two or three, honestly. I don't know how you feel about Bateman. He has some traction in the later rounds as yeah. a potential breakout receiver. I think he would have been he's he would have been worth like a later round pick just to see because you don't know in that passing offense if he's hurt he might move into like a waiver type guy. Yeah, yeah. He might it might take him a while to like get his feet on the ground. Yeah, he might not want to have that bench spot taken up. Which by the way, we only have four bench spots this year. And okay. because COVID is less of a situation, we only have two IR spots instead of three. Yeah, two is good. And the reason I made it four bench spots was because I hated the odd number draft. <laughs> like 15 rounds was just throwing me off, so I made it 14 instead. Um, and that way, maybe more trades will happen. Who knows? Let's yeah. see. Last bit of news. DJ Chark recently had finger surgery, and he's on track to play week one. How do you feel about the whole LaVisca Chenault against DJ Chark? I mean... Apparently, Urban Meyer doesn't like DJ Chark, so that's that's a factor. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they're they're just they're completely different types of players. Yeah, but I think they could both be fine because Chark is more of your traditional outside receiver who can go deep, all that stuff. Lavisca Shenault's like a, a receiver, but also a gadget guy, kind of like a Percy Harvin type of guy. I mean, I mean he, both of them could be fine. Chanel could definitely be the greater value. He's going 1380p spots lower. And he did show promise last year. He had some injury problems, yeah. which might be concerning. But then again, so is DJ Chark. So, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Chanel might get more manufactured touches. That's, that's probably the more interesting part, especially with a young rookie quarterback, is if they're going to be scripting the ball into Chenault's hands, that's the wide receiver I'd rather have. Yes. Because he, in the open field, can definitely make moves. If they're doing little shovel passes that count, you know, as touches and they're giving the ball on third and mediums, uh, trying to get first downs in, in fancy ways, then I'd rather have Chenault. But, and then the whole thing with um, Urban Meyer not really liking DJ Chark, that could just be camp rumors. You don't really know until the games start happening. I'm uh, just. My thing is, I'm. Pro I'm not taking. Probably not taking any Jaguars this year. I would take Chanel if I was in that oh, situation. Yeah, but I mean, he's I going like in the middle of the fourth round, and I would not. much rather have. No way. Oh, no, sorry, he's not going in the middle of the fourth round. That's way wrong. Um, 
but I would much rather have other people in that situation. I just don't trust. I don't. I'm not really sold at all on Urban Meyer being a good NFL coach. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, that's all the news I have. Do you have anything that you've seen over the past couple of days that caught your eye? No, that pretty much covered it. I didn't realize. I didn't realize the Swift one was like significant. Yeah, he's so. missed quite a few games. I guess another important one is that Darren Waller's missed, I think, nine straight practices. So if he was a tight end, you know, he's one of the big three that you were targeting in the third round. Yeah. Uh, you might want to start paying attention to it. We got a long way to go, though. So. Yeah, plenty of time. Now I'm really interested in where he's like the 40th receiver off the board or something like that. General. Something like that. I can't find him anymore. That's a mid-round pick. Anyway. Eight or nine, eight or ten, something like that. Wide receiver, 43. Okay, I mean, that's that's not bad. No, that's, yeah. I would take him. Yeah. All right, so we got a new game, Hero versus Villain. Here are the sound bits for them. Or should I wait? No, just wait. Okay, we'll just wait. Uh, (laughs) The first... uh, Potential hero versus villain I'm bringing up is my guy, Najee Harris. Um, yeah. He's got some hype around him. He is... So What's that? What, I was going to say, so the hero versus villain, what are we like? Oh, yeah. So this segment, basically, I am naming a player. We will talk about their current ADP. And our job is to determine whether or not at that current ADP, they will be... I guess they will reach that that potential value if that makes sense yeah if they will kind of so he's current so for instance Najee Harris is being taken as the running back 11 that would entail that he's going to be a number one starting running back he's going to be like he would be an RB1 on your team and so hero versus villain would be saying at his current ADP of (laughs) the 16th overall pick is that a hero player or is he going to kind of haunt your team kind of like CEH did last year for a lot of teams where they took him as early as, you know, seventh overall. And he did play as a RB1 for a lot of the season, but then over, you know, at the end of the season kind of tailed off. Uh, for a lot of people, they would say that kind of haunted them. And that's why a lot of people have CEH so low this year in terms of, you know, overall draft position. So that's what Hero vs. Villain is. All right. All right, so let's just get started with Najee Harris. He's being taken... Overall, 16th, um, and as the RB11, do you think he will be a RB1 this year? Um, now I keep going back and forth on Najee, but I think now I'm going to say yes, he is. That's a hero sound. Sounds very uh, good. Yeah, that's, that's very hero-like. Um, um, I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. Based solely um, on volume alone. Right, and if you're going, if like we're talking RB eleven, that's I think that's a good spot for him to end up. Just considering the role he's going to have, even if he's not hyper efficient, the vol is yeah. It's like you said, volume. He's going to get all the carries. Yeah, and the catches. It would be very difficult for him to not be an RB one. Right, and I think his ceiling is like a top six or seven running back. If he's getting that many touches, yeah, uh, and that's a that's a very like glass ceiling type of play, yeah. um, but I like I do think 
it'd be very difficult for him to not be a top 12 running back. And if he does show his abilities and he gets all the potential, like he gets all the opportunities, uh, he could sneak his way into like the top seven, eight running backs yeah. of the year. It's, it's really just going to come down to how well do, does your Steelers offensive line mesh yeah. this year? A, a really good, um, comparison or i guess situation you might be being might be in is is Najee harris or antonio gibson um they both have the exact same adp right now just kind of depends what league you're in who goes first who goes second um i'm a homer so i'd take Najee, but i'm pretty sure you would take gibson i mean who actually i might take Najee just because i Mostly just because I know there's no competition for Nadi. With Gibson, McKissick's still there, so he might take passing downs. And I mean that they keep saying that the turf toe thing is done, but that's I don't trust turf toe with with Gibson. That yeah. could flare up at any time. Oh, good thoughts. Good thoughts. All right, move on to the next one. Next hero versus villain play is going to be Justin Jefferson, who had a breakout rookie campaign, broke lots of records. Um, He is being drafted as the wide receiver 7, 23 overall, um, which is just near the end of the second round. Um, So it's pretty much saying he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver uh, and that he's worth a second round pick. What are your thoughts would, on that one? Okay, so you said our, uh, wide receiver seven right now. Yep. Okay. Um. I mean, yeah, that's. I think I actually like him a lot in that spot. Yeah, near the end of the second round, that's pretty appealing. I would, because in that area, you're talking, you know what, Ridley, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, all kind of right there. I, yeah, I'm gonna say that's fine. Here we Hero. Hero. I just want to look at where he finished last year in terms of points. Uh, he did finish as the wide receiver seven. <laughs> so oh. he's, that's the thing with a lot of um, wide receivers is because they don't get as hyped up as running backs and they aren't as that much as a premium is they're usually taken right around where they um, fell last year, I guess. Yeah. Like Devontae yeah. Adams was the number one. Wide receiver, he's number one overall ADP. Uh, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Halvin Lee, Hopkins, um, Metcalf. Like those, those are all kind of the order you're going to see those guys go in uh, yeah. as we get close to the draft time. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think last time we talked about this, I, I disagreed. But yeah, like if you're sitting at the end of the second round, and Justin Jefferson is, is there, like that's a good pick. Like no one's gonna. Well, that's an hard wide receiver one exactly yeah so that's a good pick going hero and we'll move on to travis kelsey who is unanimously the number one tight end off the board but he is doing something which doesn't usually happen with tight ends is that he's going in the back end of the first round as the 10th player off the board in a lot of drafts hero or villain on this one I mean, I'm going hero. Kelsey's been so consistent as a – he's essentially a wide receiver one as a tight end. Yeah. And so, like, kind of like what – if you compare 
I guess this goes back to our previous uh, podcast where I had the 10th pick, I think, and I took Travis Kelsey. You compare him with a, a running back one on the turn in the second round, then you're set. Yeah. If not, you can still go for a top receiver because there'll still be one available. I think it just, I think it's, yeah, hero. Yeah. I'm going to say hero as well, but it, this is a little bit more difficult because it puts you as the team manager in a situation where you have to pay attention to how you're drafting your team, right? Because you're taking a tight end in the first round. That kind of does things to how you should approach the rest of the rounds. Um, And so if, if you're not careful enough, then it could end up being a villain play. Um, I just kind of want to play the villain drop because looking at my the rest of the list here, I don't think I'm going to get to play it. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to come down to how you as a manager end up shaping your team after you select Travis Kelsey because it is a good pick and I, I'm fully on board if I get got picked 10 through 12 going with Travis Kelsey. But I, I, I pay a lot more attention to how I'm drafting my team because one of my big things is if I take an early tight end, I don't want to take an early quarterback. Because those are then two rounds where you're missing out on a skill, like a, another skill position player in like the wide receiver running back position. And then yeah. it gets really iffy later on down the line if you didn't have, if you don't get lucky, I guess, in terms of people falling to you and whatnot. So, yeah, it creates, um, it really makes the running back spot very important. Yeah. You can get receivers, like uh, quality receivers in the later rounds, but. If you take Kelsey first, just be prepared to potentially maybe have one good running back and then one that you're hoping might do good. Yep. All right. Um, next one is a duo combination between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Um, these two guys um, get got a new quarterback. We can definitely say, say it's an upgrade. They're in a good offense. Robert Woods is currently going as the wide receiver 17, average draft position of 45. Um, and Cooper Cup is even lower than that as the running as the sorry, as the wide receiver 19, average draft position of 52. So right around that four and five round turn. I personally am way higher on these guys um, than a lot of people. And I think both of them are just gonna be straight up hero plays for the value that you're drafting them at. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, I'm a big believer in Stafford, so. That's what I mean. You put, if you just kind of, you look at what they did during golf when golf was still good. Yeah. And you're putting in a much better quarterback in that same exact scenario. Like, I would just assume that, well, maybe not assume, but I would expect better results, honestly. So, yeah, I would be happy with either one of them. Um, and you got to also factor in like Cam Akers going down. I know they they said they like yeah. Henderson, but um, he's not as avid as a patch catcher as Akers was out of the backfield. You know, so those are that's an increase, maybe one or two targets a game that are going to wide receivers instead of the running back. Um, yeah. And every touch matters. So I'm big believers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods this year. I target them in a lot of and a lot of the mock drafts I've been doing at that four or five range. Um, anyway, the last thing we have to, oh wait, I didn't play their drop. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, the last thing we have is a hero battle between 
So these are two guys. It's not really a question of whether or not they're going to be a hero or a villain. They're going to be good for your team no matter what. Um, so it's more of a who who do you prefer? Who do you think is going to end up as the leader above the, the other one at the end of the year? And so mm-hmm. we have DK Metcalf against DeAndre Hopkins, a little Arizona versus Seattle um, situation here for the first hero battle of the season. Okay. Uh, this one's interesting. We've got um, Hopkins going as the wide receiver four, number 18 overall off the board um, on average. And then DK, on the other hand, is the wide receiver six, currently around average position 20. Um, sandwich in between them is Calvin Ridley at wide receiver five. Ooh. In terms of what they did last year, in terms of production, um, we had Hopkins being the fifth overall receiver at 247 points and Metcalf right behind him at 246 points um, as the wide receiver seven. Sorry, five and six. Hopkins was five, Metcalf was six. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You know, maybe... It's going to come off as a homer pick, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. That's a, that's a, just, fire, a fair pick. <laughs> well, I just think that there's still room for growth for DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. He, could, he could end up being better than what we saw last year. And with a new, they have a new offense, so which is designed to incorporate more of the the mid-range throws that they weren't doing great of last year. So he has more opportunities for, like, you know, those type of OBJ in his prime, Michael Thomas, like, slant and then make something happen type things instead of just deep balls all the time. But yeah, I just I, – I feel like with Metcalf, we haven't seen his ceiling yet. With D-Hop, we kind of know what you're getting, which is pretty much top five fantasy production every year. So – you could, you can kind of, you kind of know what you're getting with D-Hop. Yeah. And Metcalf has more potential, maybe, to just maybe blow. He could end up being like the number two receiver this year. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually going to go with Hopkins, uh, based solely on a few numbers. One, Hopkins had um, 32 re- receptions more than Metcalf did, uh, yeah. and then you're like, oh well, how are the points so close? The average depth of target for DeAndre Hopkins was like six yards. or I, That's not the real number. I didn't actually look it up. But he was only running, you know, you know, five-yard out, slants. like. So I, they increased his role to be more of a downfield threat. And I don't know if it was because Murray was dealing with injuries near the end of the year or what. But if, he, if they increase his role to be more of a downfield threat and he's still getting, you know, 115 receptions a season... Uh, which is obviously going to go up because we have an extra game, um, then I don't know if Metcalf will be able to close that gap in terms of target share and just receptions in general. Um, the other thing is Hopkins had six touchdowns last year versus Metcalf's 10 receiving touchdowns last year. Um, I do expect that, you know, if not Hopkins to have more, then, then the gap, that four touchdown gap to close. Uh, so that's why I'm going to go with Hopkins. The numbers right. show him as the better receiver. Obviously that could change Metcalf's going into what is, what season is this for Metcalf? Is it third, fourth? 
third season. So yeah, I mean that could obviously Metcalf could have a a fantastic you know record breaking season in terms of his season numbers. Um, but right now I'm gonna go with Hopkins. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean that's like, I, I mean it's a fun hero battle though. It's just nice to think about. Yeah, with if you really to Hopkins, because if like if Cliff can, I don't know, have him run different routes like you would with him, then he could end up being very good. Yeah, all fun to think about. I do want to target Hopkins and and you know every once in a while. I haven't done a mock draft where I've actually been able to get him. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, yeah, he's going. Where, where was the ADP again? Um. I have to go back to it here. His ADP, I think it was like 16. Yeah, so somewhere in that second round. You got to be like a, he's one of those like mid, mid-round mid picks. Right? 18, yeah. So it's like, it's it's in that position where it's like, I want to take Travis Kelsey, and then I take Travis Kelsey, and I can't really take Hopkins anymore because then I don't have a running yeah. back. And, you know, that comes down to the whole Travis Kelsey thing. Like you got to you think about your team a lot more when you take Travis Kelsey. Although it would be yeah. nice to have both of those guys. Um, it puts you at a tough spot. Yeah, you got to be prepared. All right, so we are going into the marble race to determine our draft order. Do it. This is the thing about the marble race. Um, if you come in spots six or lower, you get bumped down a spot because there's only 11 racers. Um, so if you come in position six, you're actually going to be drafting seventh. One through five will stay the same, and that's just because Juicy Mango, who won last year, has the privilege of selecting his draft position and has gone with the sixth spot um, as a superstition of winning the league last year from the sixth spot. All right. You can see the um, the screen, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can see. So we'll just quickly do an overview of the map so that you have an idea of where your marble is and what's happening. So this first part is um, like a thing that you got to fall down. And the thing about these maps is there's always kind of the potential to fall off, right? Don't mind that one marble that doesn't have a name. It's the record ball. They always put it on here. I don't know how to get it to disappear. Anyway, if you make it down this thing without falling off the map, you're usually good to go for the rest of the race. Then you go down this spinny thing, and you get launched into this giant spinner. The thing about those things in the middle is they can hit you and deflect you places, including out of the tube into the sky and, again, off the map. You go down this tube. There's this spinner here that will try to block you. If you make it through, you go down to these little pegs that try to act as speed bumps to get you to slow down. If you come in here too fast and you hit a speed bump, you get launched off the map. Anyway, then you go down through this way. There's these little pegs that will try to slow you down as well. If you go over these while they are rising, odds are they will launch you a little bit. You go through all these pegs down this giant cheese grater looking thing. You have to try to fall down one of those holes. Once you do, you're in the final stretch of the map, and there's all these pegs that you have to get try to get through that can knock you off. And then just as you think... You're good. You have to fall down this little ramp into the finish line. Oh, wow. So that is the race. If you fall off the map, it will keep the position that you fell off the map in. So if you're the first one to fall off the map, you do get 12th pick. 
Um, so keep that in mind. That's the map. I am terrible with the camera. I will try to keep it as entertaining as possible. Um, but uh, no promises on the quality of the race, if that makes sense. Um, so we'll go to race here. We are racing on the map, a leap to remember. There is 11 of us, and everyone's name should be in here. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Everyone is here. When I press yeah. start race, everyone will pop up on the right. You will see, be able to see your position of, in, the, in the race. Know where you're at at all times. The th cool thing about these mobile races is someone can get a lot of momentum and overtake someone very quickly. So if you're in the lead in the beginning, don't really expect to stay there even though it's possible. All right. Where am I? Where am I? You can't really see you right now. Yeah, uh, you're little, in this little, little yeah, you're in this little thing right here. Okay, but here we go. All right, as we fall down here, looks like everyone is safe as of now, and it looks like we're gonna wait till someone coughs out of here. It looks like Josh Lett will be the first one out of the entryway, and he will start to go down the first set of swirls i guess you want to call them i'm not really sure they look like a park parking garage type structure where yeah. you go up and you got to start parking really the big thing here is going to be who's the first one out and is the first one to get launched you're still okay i'm still alive where am i at oh i'm in fourth all right yeah we gotta all right. oh nope now i'm in seventh oh now i'm in last no, so when you're on a vertical thing, a vertical plane, it gets kind of weird in terms yeah. of who's in what. But Josh is the first one out, followed by Brandon mm -hmm. Cox, followed by Tindre. Crossfire and Emcioni are in there as well. Combat Work Dude comes flying in, and someone just overtook the lead here. It was Tindre, Joshlet, and Luis out of nowhere has taken over first place, followed by Joshlet mm -hmm. trying to get that second spot. He's new to the league. Tindre coming in strong, Emcioni. Followed by Common Work Dude, CIT Crossfire, and then me, and then there's a, a second pack up near the end there. Joshlet yeah, and Luis are in a high heated battle for first place here. Um, I pitched Taco and Forzera seem to be in the back there. <laughs> but it looks like a really close one between uh, Joshlet and Luis for first place. Common Work Dude gets a slight pegging there as he starts to go into the final stretch. Uh, CIT Crossfire, Super Fantasy, and MCONI coming in, trying to finish in those top six. Brandon Cox is there. Josh Lett is trying to run away with it. Emcioni trying to overtake him, though, for that first overall pick. He avoids all the pegs, and he will overtake Josh Lett for the first overall pick. Josh Lett will, is battling for that second pick with Conman Work Dude. It looks like he will finish in second. Josh Lett will get third. Luis is coming in for the fourth pick. And then Super Fantasy S and Tindre. It looks like I'm going to be picking in the middle, which I'm not super excited about. But Tindre will finish fifth. <laughs> no. uh, Fours there looks like you're going to get eighth. You want to get stopped here, but it doesn't look like you are. Oh, okay, oh okay. CIT Crossfire well, no, gets flown off the map. That means he will pick 12th. Brandon Cox finishes in seventh. Fours there looks like you're getting a little bit of favor in here. I pitch Taco is new to the league and will pick eighth. Fours there ninth. And Popcorn Mike, new to the league as well, seems to get the 10th spot. Emcioni is our winner. He will most likely be taking Christian McCaffrey at the number one overall spot. This is right here the final standings. You saw CIT Crossfire get knocked off at the end there. He will pick 12th. Our overall draft order will be Emcioni at 1, Conman Work Dude at 2, the new guy Josh Led at 3, followed by Luis at 4, 
Tindre at five. And then this is where um, Juicy Mango will slot in at sixth. I will pick seventh, which is probably the one spot I really did not want uh, is that seventh pick. Followed by Brandon Cox at eight. I pitched Daka will slide down to nine. You will pick 10th, which is right around the range where you wanted to pick. That is um, literally you have a tough, you know, you'll have a touch situation if you want to go Travis Kelsey there. Yeah. Um, Popcorn Mike will slide down to 11, and then it will be CIT Crossfire at the turn um, for that 112-12-1 pick. Man, that was exciting. That was. I like, I like that idea of using that. to. Yeah. To I mean, my camera it. work was awful, but I, my commentary, <laughs> I think, was on point. <laughs> I was um, I will post this in the league chat before I set the draft order, just in case anybody wants to watch it. Um, and then I will post the, you know, obviously I will submit the podcast for everyone to listen to. And I'll probably set the draft order later this week, but this will be the draft order right here. Um, I kind of want to take a screenshot just in case somehow, some way it gets lost. Um, let me do that real quick. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, I'm yeah. definitely glad I decided to do this instead. Um, oh yeah. Because I was just gonna throw it into another one of those simulators and like go until I get uh, Juicy Mango in the sixth spot, like I usually do. But I was listening yeah. to, um, we had like XM Radio, and I was listening to the fantasy stuff, and they were like talking about their their best ways to set a draft order, and I was like, wow, I should like think about a really fun way to set a draft order. And this is what I came up with. Um, yeah, I like it. yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah. How do you feel about your draft position? Tenth overall. I'm okay with tenth because we did in our mock draft. That's where uh, I picked at ten. You did. You did pick at ten in your mock draft, and you said you ended up liking your team a lot. So, yeah. Um, I wanted second overall because that's where I picked in our mock draft, and I ended up getting seventh. Oh no. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Honestly, I said I would. I said a couple of days ago to you that if I pick seventh overall, I'm taking Travis Kelsey. Um, let's see if I am actually going to be able to go ahead with that because, man, that would put me in a really tough spot. I'd be having yeah. to really just, hope that someone falls to me like Antonio Gibson or Najee Harris falls to that second round mid-selection, which they aren't a whole lot anymore. So, Just mock drafts over and over. Yeah, from the seventh spot. Uh, everyone else, you know, get into those mock drafts, figure out what you want to do. MC Oni, if you take anyone other than, you know, Christian McCaffrey, which he might, he's a, definitely more obscure in his drafting process. If you remember last year, he ended up taking um, DK Metcalf really early as long with Russell Wilson and Adam Thielen. I think those were his top three picks. He ended up doing really well on the season. Uh, I yeah. think he came in fourth place. Um, yeah. But, I mean, first overall pick, it's usually a slam dunk Christian McCaffrey. Or Dalvin Cook. Or Derrick Henry if you're feeling frisky. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what he does. But, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I think that's going to yeah. do it for the podcast. It yeah. was a short one today just because, you know, we did it on Sunday, and I really wanted to just get this draft order out. So yeah. thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for coming on, Clinton. Um, yeah, no Maybe we'll do it another one Sunday. Um, otherwise, we'll just wait till next Wednesday. Two a week isn't that bad. Uh, and that way we can keep them shorter. I'm not sure how up for it you are. but Yeah, follow me. All right. I'm excited to post this and get people's reactions. Have a great night, everybody. Peace.